just get a 60%. It's on a curve, a D on a curve, like you are gonna be fine. Like you've got this. So having something to look forward to really does make such a big difference, whether it's just, you know, a weekend at the beach or, you know, a cabin weekend or, you know, going out to the farm by yourself or going to Disney World with your family or, you know, going to the Bahamas, going to Mexico, going to Europe, going to Asia, you know, it doesn't have to be some elaborate trip, just having something to look forward to that takes you away from your study space. Hi friends, it's Kayla Moran and welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. How is everybody doing today? I'm so excited to be back on the mic. You know I love a good solo episode and this one's gonna be all about my bar exam experience and my bar trip and I will try not to talk your ear off too much but no promises as usual really fast before we jump right in i want to do a quick suck and sweet of the week and my suck of the week is just that i am very overwhelmed and there is a lot going on not much i can tell you guys about just yet you know i will as soon as i can but just trying to make sure that my feet are firmly on the ground and i am working on building on my career and figuring out what i want to do career-wise life-wise and let's just say I'm really lucky that I have great friends and a really great network and family in my corner that are helping me along the way. So as soon as I'm able to tell you guys what's going on, I will, you know that. But for now, just trying to keep my my chin up and just keep moving forward because I know that everything happens for a reason and I'm gonna be okay. And the sweet of the week is I'm really excited to be back in the Miami dance world. After this, I'm going to be recording another episode for the podcast and then I'm going to go help an old dance mate of mine with auditions. She is the coach at a local middle school dance team and it's audition day for today and tomorrow for the middle school team and the elementary school team. And I'm really excited to go, I was gonna say coach, but to go watch auditions and help her run the auditions and just be back around dance because I've missed it so much and I can't wait to jump back in to taking classes myself as soon as possible. So yeah, that's my suite of the week and let's jump right in. The bar exam, what a whirlwind. I mean, I've been telling you guys that since May when I first started studying, but it's wild just how much it really takes out of you and how much that exam tests you more so than your knowledge. Honestly, I think the the knowledge part of it is like the, the smallest part. It's just a mental game. It's a physical, emotional process. And it's really, I'm just glad it's over. And I really, really hope I don't have to do it again. But have a few more weeks before I find out my scores. Florida does tell you when you will get your results. So I am literally counting down the days, which I kind of wish we were one of the states that didn't tell you when your scores come out because then I wouldn't know. Yes, there's pros and cons to knowing, but definitely as it's getting closer, the anxiety is starting to come back. So need to maybe might go back on my meds. I'm not 100% sure what I want to do yet, but definitely feeling the anxiety a little bit but my bar trip did help with that significantly during the month of august but now that we're getting closer in september it's it's coming back nothing 
in the world will ever prepare you for the bar exam. Like not even law school. It really doesn't prepare you because it's a whole beast in and of itself. And learning all the information is, that's one part of it. That's the, that's one of the hardest parts. You know, it's so much information being thrown at you all the time. You have to know so much and then you're only going to get tested on like 10, 20% of it. And you don't even know what 10 or 20% it's going to be because it's random every year and you can't predict it. But I think more so it's the physical and emotional part, the isolation, the feeling like you're never going to understand something because there's just so much being thrown at you and you don't get time to sit with one piece of material before you have to move on to the next one to finish the course. And seeing all these other people going through it too and feeling like they can't possibly feel the way you do, but they do. And then it's just hard to talk about because you don't want to bring other people down when they're having a good day. and They don't want to bring you down when you're having a good day. And it's just, it's very emotionally taxing. And I don't think people talk about that enough. And I've been really open about that part of my experience in the last couple of months. And I'm really grateful that I have this platform to be able to do that. And honestly, if it wasn't for my podcast, I don't think I would have done as well on the bar exam as I, I think I did, as I feel that I did. I, I won't really ever know. If it wasn't for me sharing how I was feeling on the podcast, one of my friends now would never have reached out to me to invite me to study with them at the FIU Law Library. And studying with them at FIU really did help me tremendously, not just with the study materials, which I'll talk about in a minute, but having access to other people going through it with me and not feeling so alone. And we did a really good job of checking in on each other and, you know, when you're taking the actual exam, you are in a giant convention center with 3,000 other people taking the same exact exam. And you can feel the tension. Like you're feeling everybody's stress. You're feeling everyone's worry, anxiety, fear, like all the emotions, you're feeling it. So it was really nice to study in a library also around people. Clearly nowhere near as many as 3,000, but those five to 10 people that I was with day in and day out for two months, we got used to picking up on each other's cues and sensing each other's anxieties and checking in on each other and being like, hey, I'm going to go get a coffee. Do you want to come? Hey, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to lunch. Do you want to join me? Do you need anything? I'm going to the grocery store. Being there with each other and that support system, I never would have had that had she not reached out to me because I didn't know that I could do that. Like I had gone to study at the library, but I had gone to the first floor and I was like, this doesn't really do anything for me. It wasn't until she told me where they study in the library that I got to have that community and it changed my experience completely. I was studying at home before that for the first month or month, like uh, like half a month. It was so lonely and it was so isolating and I felt like I was just, I wasn't getting through the material in a way that was actually like resonating. I wasn't learning it. I was just going through the motions of doing what I'm supposed to do, but I wasn't feeling like I was getting anything out of it and it wasn't until I was around a sounding board, a community also going through it with me that I could feed off of that really com like completely changed my experience. And I'm so, so grateful for her for listening to my podcast. So if you're listening, thank you so much and inviting me to come study with her because I I honestly, I, I don't think I would feel as good about it as I do. And with that also studying with a group of people, I got access to their materials and their resources and we shared study tips and materials and guides and strategies and tools that we had. 
And it was really nice to have access to that because again, studying alone, I would have just had what I knew and I don't feel that my school did anything, to be honest, to help me and to prepare me. During law school, also during the summer, we got like five emails total, if that, throughout the summer of like, you know, make sure you're doing this. You're not as far along in the course as you're supposed to be. If you need anything, please let me know. Like, wish you all the best. That was it. And FIU, they have a person whose job is literally to prepare you for the bar exam starting in January of your 3L year. So the entire seven months leading up to the exam, they are there to guide you and they're there to push you, but they're also there to guide you. And having access to those resources through my friends, I honestly don't think I would have gotten through the summer without them. And I don't think I would feel as prepared as I did if it wasn't for those resources because I was lucky to be a Barbary rep. So Barbary is the premier bar prep company in the country. They have the highest success rate. They are known for helping people pass and they have a proven method. And I was a a representative for them on campus. So in exchange for speaking about it and being a brand ambassador, essentially, I got the course for free. That was my payment. I didn't get paid during the three years, but the course was free, which is a very expensive course. It's $3,000. So I am very grateful for that opportunity, which my mentor gave me. I won all year. She was a rep and she was like, I think you would be really good at this and you should apply. And I got it. And I'm really grateful for her because that significantly helped me afford this summer because you can't work while you're studying for the bar. It's nearly impossible. Like you have to put everything into the bar exam and it literally takes everything out of you. Even if you think you can work, you're not going to want to because you're going to be so tired at the end of the day. So I had that and the course was good. It's not that it wasn't helpful. I just didn't feel like it worked well with my learning style and I needed more. I wanted more hands-on practice. I wanted more questions. I wanted less lectures and more practical practice, actually doing the questions that I'm going to get on the exam. So I was introduced to Adaptabar through my friends at FIU that my school had literally never mentioned before. You would think that they would provide you other tools that might be helpful, but they didn't. And so FIU pushed Adaptabar and they had all these extra resources and they gave me access. And if it wasn't for Adaptabar, which is real bar exam questions that have been released by the NCBE, which is the people who write the bar exam. If it wasn't for that resource, I just doing actual questions and seeing where I fall on with other people in the state, with other people in the country, getting the explanations, working on my timing, focusing on which subjects I need to work on, seeing the trends of which subjects I'm better at some days versus others, which ones I could focus on more, which ones I could focus on less. If it wasn't for that, I don't think I would feel as comfortable as I do. And I'm really, really grateful that I had access to that. And honestly, I'm just fucking glad it's over. I don't even know. Like, I don't want to come across as negative. I feel like I've been very negative about my law school experience on the podcast, but I don't want to discourage people from going if they want to be a lawyer. But I think you have to really dig down deep and decide if this is really what you want because it's not easy and it's not meant to be easy, but it tests you in ways that you don't even know you were capable of being tested and the bar exam was no different. I honestly felt like it wasn't just imposter syndrome, like feeling like you're not good enough. It was like, I'm just, I'm stupid that this just doesn't make sense. I physically can't hack it. I don't have the mental capacity or the emotional capacity to to see every single day, day in and day out, how poorly I'm doing and being and, and comparing yourself to other people because you see how other people are performing too 
and where you should be at that moment in time and how you're not there. And then maybe you are there, but then your scores go back down. Law school was hard because your peers are competitive and everyone wants to succeed and there's a curve and everyone wants the highest GPA and they want the big law job and they want this and they want that. The bar exam, it's you against the world. Like it's you against this exam. It's like David and Goliath. Like you don't know what you're about to get. And it's like they want to trick you at every turn. They want to confuse you. They want to mess you up. And you have to just, it's like you're going through a minefield and no one wants it more than you do, but everyone else that's taking it also wants it that badly too. And it's an arbitrary exam. There's a pass fail, there's a cutoff. And if you meet a certain score and you're above it, great. And if you don't, you you fail. And it doesn't matter how many questions you get right. It doesn't matter how great your essays are. There's a line. And if you're above that line, you're above it. And if you're below it, you're below it. And at the end of the day, it just doesn't like you will never feel like you passed. You will never feel 100% confident that you did your best. And you will, and it's almost physically impossible to get 100%. And it's not even about getting 100%. It's literally about getting a 60%. Like that's how hard this exam is. I don't know. I'm just, like I said, I'm just really glad it's over. And I wanted to share my experience because I've been really candid about it throughout the summer. And I wanted to show that, you know, the reason that lawyers are always so stressed out and the reason they work as hard as they do and the reason that they get paid as much as they do in some jobs is because of the work that it takes to get to that point. And it's not for the faint of heart. Not everyone can do it. Not everyone makes it out alive of law school, literally and figuratively. Not everyone can handle a high-paced, stressful legal career. It's not for everyone. So I think if you are really passionate about it and you want to do this and you this you have law school is in your why and there's a reason for you to do it, then please reach out to me if you ever have any questions and I want to help you. But I also want to show the not so fun side that most people don't show. And I'm glad that there is more and more people talking about it on TikTok and Instagram and podcasts and blogs about the nitty gritty of it of it all and the behind the scenes, the real, the dirty work that it takes to get there. And there's shows like Partner Track on Netflix now that not 100% the best interpretation, but a lot of very accurate points that aren't pretty to, to watch, especially if you've lived those experiences. But we were talking about them and that's what's most important. But this exam just, it truly attested me in ways I didn't know I needed to be tested. And I'm really grateful for them. I, I'm a stronger person because of it. It makes me a more compassionate, empathetic person because of it. And it'll make me a better lawyer because of it and a better person and a future mom and all of those things. But it, it was, this exam was no joke and n- nothing prepares you for it quite like just going through it. And it's so, so important that when you're in this process, law school in general, but that you're still sleeping, that you're still eating, that you're drinking a lot of water, that you're taking breaks, that you're going for walks, that you're moving your body, that you're still having fun with your friends. You're taking time to take time away from studying and you are not forgetting that you are a person first and that being a lawyer and passing the bar exam is not the end all be all and there is more to you than a passing score. There's more to you than being a lawyer. It's really easy to forget that sometimes. It's really hard to remember who you are and why you want it so badly in the first place because it is literally tearing you down little by little, day by day, 
week after week. But you have to remember who you are and why you're fighting for it. And I think if you don't have a really strong reason why, it'll be really easy to let it get to you. And, you know, for someone like me who I'm I'm open to practicing law, but I'm also open to not practicing law, it was really hard because sometimes I was like, why am I doing this? I don't really need this. I don't really want this. But then I had to double down and be like, no, but I do. This is why I do have a reason. And so you have to just remember who you are and why you're doing this in the first place. And it's really easy to get caught up in that when, you know, I would literally get home some nights and be like, I have no soul left in my body. Like I physically could not eat, physically could barely drive home. You know, I, I got home and it was like, I just, I crashed because there was just nothing left for me to give. I don't wish this upon my worst enemy. If this is something that you really want, I want to help you get there and succeed because it can be done, but you have to have a reason why you're fighting for it and you have to have a really good sense of self and a really good support system. And it's really, really hard to do when you don't have a support system. So make sure that while you're in law school, you're not forgetting your friends back home, your family, your partner, your children. If you have those like Make sure you're still taking care of you and you're fostering those connections because they are the ones that are going to help you get through the bar exam. And if it wasn't for having people checking in on me and sending me good vibes and my community on Instagram and because of the podcast, checking in on me and reaching out and wishing me luck and sending me well wishes, I just, it doesn't go unnoticed. So I really appreciate anyone who's listening who sent me a message throughout the summer and sent good vibes my way because it truly was a a team effort to help me get through this exam. And, you know, for those that are struggling with mental health, I really hope that you have a good support system because I could not have gotten through it without a support system. If you have a partner or children or you lived at home while you're, you're living at home while you're taking the exam, just make sure you you're saying thank you and when you get a chance you hug them because those people it's hard for them too seeing you go through that I can't imagine what it was like you come home every single day defeated and hating yourself because you don't feel like you're good enough you don't feel like you're smart enough and it can't be easy for them to watch you go through that so yeah I need to remember to say thank you to my parents and my grandmother for for supporting me the last few months because it was not easy. But also having something to look forward to at the end is a really great tool. And that is why most people, not most, as the people who can, and not everyone can, and it's unfortunate that not everyone can, but those who can do go on what we call a bar trip for anywhere between one to three to four weeks after the bar exam, because it takes on average between eight, no, like five to 15 weeks to get your results, depending on the state. So you have a lot of time and some people can't start working until they get the results. Some people can start working on a conditional basis, you know, sometime late August, September, sometimes October um, before they get their results. It just depends on the company that you're working for, the firm that you're working for, what you're doing. Because we have so much time between getting our or taking it and working, people go on a trip and it's a way to decompress and celebrate all the hard work and just kind of forget for a while. And take your mind off of it because it's a long process and it's a waiting game. And there's literally nothing you can do after you leave that room. And you just have to hope that you did your best and know that you did 
your absolute best and that worst case scenario, you have to take it again, but it's not the end of the world. And that is something that we literally told ourselves every day towards the end. We would, that would be like, we would literally greet each other with that. You just need to get an F, like better, better than an F. You just need to get a D. Like you just need to do better than an F, just get a 60%. It's on a curve, a D on a curve. Like you are gonna be fine. Like you've got this. So having something to look forward to really does make such a big difference, whether it's just, you know, a weekend at the beach or, you know, a cabin weekend or, you know, going out to the farm by yourself or going to Disney World with your family or, you know, going to the Bahamas, going to Mexico, going to Europe, going to Asia, you know, it doesn't have to be some elaborate trip, just having something to look forward to that takes you away from your study space, honestly. That's as simple as that. So I got to go to Europe for three weeks and I'm really grateful that I had the foresight and the guidance from my family to save up money from when I graduated college. So I have been saving up for three and a half years to be able to go on this trip. And I fully paid for it on my own with all the money I had saved up. Honestly, it was hard. Like I had traveled, I had been away from home for three weeks before, you know, I had lived away from home. But when you haven't processed yet, you haven't dealt with the emotions of what you're going through and you are still exhausted from what you just put your body and your mind through for two months, jumping into a trip like that, it's it's not easy. And I, part of me wishes I would have waited a little longer to go on my trip. Some people waited like a week or two before they left for their trip. Some people went right in like I did. You know, I'm glad I went right in for some, in some ways because I didn't have time to stop and think about how I did. But in others, I wish I would have had time to to decompress before I went on my trip because I most definitely needed to decompress during and after. But it was amazing. I'm so glad I got to go to Europe. I love Italy. I don't love France, but I'm glad I got to go again. And I now fell in love with Spain. I had never been before. And it was really amazing to just be in a different place, what feels like a different world. And experience new cultures and people and immersing myself in it and trying all the incredible food and opportunities and experiences and it was the best way I could have spent the next the last month and I'm really grateful that I had that opportunity so if you get to go on a bar trip or after any college graduation or any master's program graduate program you get to go on a trip like this I highly, highly recommend, even if it's just for a week, even if it's just for the weekend, just get away and celebrate yourself. Celebrate how far you've come and how much you've accomplished because it is no easy feat and no one knows what it's like but you. Give yourself a little grace and celebrate yourself and that is what the bar trip is. So I got to go, like I said, to Italy, France, and Spain. I got to go back to Rome and back to Florence, which Florence is one of my favorite cities in the entire world. And I had so much fun in Florence. And I got to go to Cinque Terre for the first time, which is in the Italian Riviera, the northwestern part of Italy, getting close to um, to France. And I love Cinque Terre, such a beautiful little town. Well, it's five towns, hence five t- um five dirts, five territories, uh, five towns. Um, Some of them are more scenic. Some of them are beach towns. And it was just incredible to meet the people. And I fell in love with Italy in a whole new way. I think I fell in love in Italy. I'm kidding. But I did have a few romances while I was gone. But I got proposed to basically while I was there. 
by somebody else. Um, I just had a lot of fun. Italy is just, it's always a fun time. So if you haven't been to Italy, definitely recommend. I put all of my trip details in my out of office. I will link it in the show notes for you guys. It's on my Instagram and it's on my blog post that I did at kaylamoranblog.com. So you can go check it out there. But I highly, highly, highly recommend Italy. And if you have been, where have you been? Let me know in the comments of the post that goes out with this episode or DM me and tell me all about it. I can't wait to go back to Italy. I I freaking love Italy so, so much. And then in France, we did Nice, Cannes. We did a yacht day on the uh, French Riviera. And then we did Nimes for a night. And Nimes, we didn't really get to explore. It was just a stopping stone to break up the drive to Barcelona. But Nice was really great. I wish I had more time there. There's so much more to do. And There's so much more to see in the French Riviera. So I definitely do need to go back to Nice and experience more. There's restaurants that I had on my list that I was dying to try that we didn't get to do. So definitely going to go back to Nice. Cannes was beautiful. Also want to go back to Cannes. And that's where the Cannes Film Festival is. A lot of glamour, lots of glitz, lots of beautiful high-end stores to window shop at. The people are really nice actually in the French Riviera. It's not like Paris, which is nice. And yeah, I really enjoyed that part of the south of France and going on a catamaran in the French Riviera was incredible. The water is sparkling. The boats are so shiny and white and bright and it's incredible. And I've shared lots of pictures on my Instagram. So go check them out if you haven't already. And we went to, we, we were going to go to Antibes and to Saint-Tropez, but we didn't get a chance because doing it with EF There's just not enough time in the itinerary to do everything you want to do like on your free time. So I can't wait to go back to France, especially, well, Italy anyway, but France, especially with more time on my own terms, my own itinerary, so I can do more of what I want to do. But it was a good little introduction to the French Riviera. So we'll definitely go back. And I do want to go back to Paris one day, but I don't know yet. I I kind of want to go either on a girl's trip or like with a partner, so you know, we'll see. I did it during study abroad and I didn't have the best time in Paris. And, you know, the French aren't the kindest to Americans, but I'm grateful that I do speak Spanish. And I pretty much spoke Spanish the entire trip. In Italy, I predominantly spoke Spanish and that's how I communicated with locals. Spanish and Italian are very similar. So I could speak Spanish. They were speaking in Italian and we could fully communicate. And that is how I had my little Italian romance. But yeah, I I really enjoyed Italy, France was great because I did speak Spanish and that helped my experience for sure. And um, oh, we went to Monaco too, just for a few hours. And Monaco was incredible. I mean, it's Monaco. You hear all about it. Monte Carlo, the casino, the Formula One, like all the, the fancy cars, the, the bags, the, the shopping. It was magical and I can't wait to spend more time in Monaco. But you really only need a day there. So keep that in mind when you're planning a trip. And then We went to Spain and I had never been to Spain before and it is the motherland, hence me being a Spanish speaker, Latin, and I was really excited to go back and just feel connected to my roots in a a deeper way and I freaking loved Spain. Barcelona was incredible. I could live there. I want to live there for a little while at least, spend a summer living there. Um, I absolutely love Barcelona, La Rambla, walking down, up and down the streets, all the little tapas places, the cafes, the shopping, the food. Like people say that they don't like Spanish food that much, but I loved it. It's just, it's, it's very simple, savory dishes, 
and a lot of paella, a lot of seafood, a lot of potatoes, and I freaking loved it. And I'm allergic to red wine, so and sangria, so had a few allergic reactions, but I still kept drinking the sangria because it's Spain and one in Barcelona. But I, I really, I just had a, an amazing time in Barcelona. So highly, highly recommend you go to Barcelona as soon as possible because it is incredible. And then we went to Ibiza, so I got to go partying in Ibiza. And I, it's not for the faint of heart, but it's definitely a once in a lifetime experience. So glad I did it. Don't know if I would do it again, but it was a lot of fun. And the beaches in Ibiza are incredible too. We went to uh, Cala de Ort, which is a, a, I'm pretty sure it's like a beach that not a lot of tourists know about. It's definitely a lot more locals. It's kind of hidden. You have to hike to it a little bit, but it was absolutely incredible. You've seen my pictures on Instagram. You've seen them like you've seen the beach. It is stunning. The water, the sky, the sand, just everything about it. And the it's just the water is so refreshing. The Mediterranean is very, very salty. So FYI, don't like try to swallow the water or anything, but it is magical. And I love the beaches and Ibiza had so much fun. And I got to meet some cool people that I'm still friends with. And they're from Canada. They're from, well, in Florence, we met people from the Netherlands from Italy. In Ibiza, we met people from Canada. So it's really cool. I love traveling and just meeting people and experiencing it. Like I could love to just like with someone, of course, go off on my own and like do like fun stuff that I wouldn't get to do here in Miami, here in the US. So I really enjoyed Ibiza too. Definitely want to go back to do Ibiza town and to do Formentera and do like the the more like family luxury vacation part of Ibiza. I did the partying part and I could do without but, you know, I really did enjoy Ibiza, surprisingly. I wasn't expecting to like it, but I was like, I'm not going to pass up the opportunity to go to Ibiza because it's Ibiza, but it was a lot of fun. And then we finished in Valencia, and Valencia is a lot like Florence. It's a merchant city. It's very historic, a lot of history, a lot of culture, great food, really nice people. Although while we went, basically Spain shuts down in August. It's tourist season because all of the locals are gone. A lot of shops and restaurants are closed. Italy too, but mostly in Spain. So that was interesting, but the people that we did meet were really nice. I definitely want to go back to Valencia and explore more. And it's also where the people from Madrid, the capital of Spain, go to vacation. So it's kind of like Miami in that sense. It's very um, party and beach town. There's a lot of clubs because there's a lot of universities there. So we did go out a little bit in Ibiza too, but I just, I, or in Valencia, and I don't know, I really liked it. I definitely want to go back um, during a different time of year, maybe like springtime or September, October, when the tourists are kind of gone and the locals are there. But yeah, I all in all, I really enjoyed my experience in Europe and highly recommend taking a trip to Europe whenever you can. Um, there's so many ways to do it for cheap and so many ways to do it for you know, fancier, more luxury, bougie experiences. I think EF Ultimate Break is a really great resource if you've never been out of the country or if you've never gone to Europe because they do all the planning. They take out all the guesswork for you and you have a tour director that is there to help you and they plan extra activities for you and you have a group of people you're traveling with and there's a lot of pros to it. Personally, for me, I don't think I would do it again just because I actually enjoy the planning process and I know what I like and I know what I don't like and I like to be able to tailor my itinerary and do some things like the local way and some touristy things. And so I like mixing it up, high, low, nice accommodations, hostels, you know, 
nice restaurants, takeout pizza, things like that. So, you know, I don't think I would do it again, but I highly recommend for people who have never traveled before or who don't have a lot of experience or have never traveled on their own before. I think it's a really great resource. So I will link my $100 off your first trip with EF code down below so you can check it out. And there's always big sales on their trips. So you can book yourself a trip and they have so many different itineraries all over the world. So I do recommend EF. I just, for someone like me, who's an experienced traveler, who knows what they like, I think maybe do it once, let check it out. And then maybe, and I think also it's a really great way to go to a bunch of different places and see what you want to do again and where you, eh, I've done it. I don't need to go back, that kind of thing. So I all in all really enjoyed my trip and I, it was a great way to close out the summer and I'm really excited to start the fall and September and see where life and my career and this rest of the year takes me and I turned 25 in two and a half months and if you've been keeping up with the whole Leo DiCaprio drama I am too old for him but you know I'm really excited to turn 25 and I'm really excited to close out this chapter of my life and enter a new one and be my second quarter of life so all in all had a Lots of highs, lots of lows, and it was a good summer, so I'm glad to be back in Miami and reconnect with my city, rediscover my city, reconnect with friends, and meet new people and all the opportunities that are coming my way. So I wish all of that for you guys in this season as well. Let me know what you're looking forward to this fall, and I will talk to you all next week. Thank you guys so, so much for listening, and if you like this episode, leave me a comment leave a rating and review, send me a DM, come chat with me. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. And I can't believe next week will be a year of Let's Get Candid. So thank you guys so much. I will talk to you all next week. Mm -hmm.